Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hi, I'm Sarah Wilson, and this is a bit of a bonus episode of Wild. It's actually inspired by some of the techniques I explored in my book, First We Make the Beast Beautiful, which reframed anxiety into a more helpful superpower through a philosophical, spiritual and evolutionary biology framework. Now that the world is moving around a bit more and we're visiting loved ones in different parts of the world, or perhaps like me, you're heading out to explore again, I thought it would be a great time to share some of the tricks I've learned from my time living on the road that reduce the anxiety around travel. I've done three of these, and in this first one, I'm joined by Brooke McCallery from slowyourhome.com, and she grills me on my favourite tips for managing anxiety while on the road, along with a guided meditation. It's a really good one for anyone who struggles with flying because it's designed to be done during takeoff. But I also personally use it, this particular technique, in a whole range of scenarios, like on the bus, on the way to a presentation, for instance. Anyway, I hope you enjoy it. So in this chat, we're going to talk about managing anxiety while travelling. Because, Mm. as you know, and a lot of people listening know, travelling can be a trigger for our anxieties. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's really funny, Brooke, because I'm not a nervous flyer, but I travel a lot. And there are some triggers while travelling that a lot of people don't know about. And one of the ones that really gets to me is smell and sound. So I've really got to keep an eye on that when I'm when I'm travelling. 
A really interesting point is that our our factory capability, our ability to smell, developed at the same time as our flight or fight response. So the two are really intertwined and it really comes out when travelling in hotel rooms that are perfumed, on planes where you might be sitting next to somebody who doesn't smell great. Right. I mean, are you able to cope with that in a particular way if you're not able to escape it? Well, it's difficult. I carry lavender oil with me at all times and I have to just be really wary and at times I do have to move and I move hotel rooms a lot and I request unperfumed rooms, for instance. But sometimes I just have to sit in it and recognise that it is triggering me and I just have to ride it out. Look, I mean, some of the other things that happen when you're travelling, of course, is lack of sleep. Mm -hmm. Lack of sleep is shown to create the same sort of negative neural activity in the brain as anxiety. So lack of sleep will make you feel like you're anxious. And then when you're anxious, you can often not sleep. And so around and around you go. And that's really, really tough. Um, Particularly when you're dealing with things like jet lag and being in a a hotel room that isn't home. Yeah, exactly. It's tough, but it helps to know why it's tough, if that makes sense, that, you know, this is inevitable. So, um, yeah, I think the other thing that really triggers my anxiety is decision-making. And when you're travelling, anyone who travels knows you've got to make decisions all the time. Do I jump in this cab? You know, do I try to make this flight? Um, Which hotel do I stay in? So it's, it's really tricky. And one thing I think that in my travels talking to people about anxiety... That, that, that people find really interesting is that the decision-making part of the brain is intertwined. It's pretty much the same part of the brain that controls anxiety. And so when we're anxious, we find it very difficult to make decisions, but also making lots of decisions exhausts that part of the brain and therefore makes us anxious. So, you know, I, I, I have to do a, a range of things to limit the number of decisions I make where possible. And I'll talk about that in the next episode, actually. Uh, Speaking of decisions, though, I think maybe one of the ways that you limit those decisions is by packing minimally. Is that a technique that you've specifically adapted to help? Absolutely. Absolutely. So um, I travelled for almost eight years, actually. I lived on the road with just one or two suitcases at a time of belongings. And I wrote books and ran a business and, and everything with just these two suitcases. And for five, six months at a time, I would travel with just carry-on, so an eight kilo backpack. Um, And you're right, it was to minimise the number of decisions I had to make. I really didn't have to decide what outfit I was going to wear because I only had one or two, you know. (laughs) It was the outfit. That's right. And I could focus on other things and use that decision-making part of my brain for more important things so I didn't get anxious. The other thing about travelling with carry-on is you can create incredible flow in your life. So um, there's a lot more flexibility if you're running late. Um, There's flexibility if you don't have time to drop a bag off at the hotel. It can just come with you. And I actually find that that reduces my anxiety considerably because everything's with me. Everything's simplified. Yeah, and as I say, that flow really sort of streamlines my life. Yeah, so what do you mean by flow? I mean, how does that look for a day for you? Yeah, well, I can just kind of, I can leave to go to the airport at a time that's a bit more leisurely. I can get there. I go straight through, you know, security. I've got my bag with me. So if I need an extra jumper, it's already in my bag. Um, I've got my drink bottle with me. So, you know, I've got my toiletries and I can move straight from the airport to my first meeting. I don't have to kind of drop the bag off and, and, and slow everything down in that manner. So, 
Yeah, it just makes everything simpler and that's really important when you have anxiety and really important when you're travelling if you want to reduce your anxiety. Absolutely. Mm. It just gives you that flexibility. Do you have any other techniques that you use to help manage yes. your anxiety while you're travelling? <laughs> I have a lot. After many years, I've kind of created this structure to, to the way I travel and it's seamless now, but a lot of people kind of laugh at the extent to which I, I do things, you know. Um, so I time my flights, especially international flights, so that I can arrive in the morning. So anything involving jet lag, I arrive in the morning so I can have all day to exhaust myself and I make sure I exercise. If I do arrive a little late, what I do is I'll go for a walk to my dinner. So I'll take a long time to walk to dinner and and if I'm arriving at midnight, for instance, I've been known to run the fire stairs of the hotel just to kind of get the endorphins going and, and to release my muscles and, and get ready for bed. The other thing I do is I really keep an eye on my eating and there's a few techniques for that. I avoid sugar, which is really difficult when you're travelling, mm. and I try to get as many vegetables into my stomach as possible. And a really good way to do that is to eat the breakfast buffet if there's one available because you can find vegetables at a buffet and that you can eat lots of tip. Yeah, and and lots of and lots of protein. And it means you've got a very decent meal into your stomach before you start your day. And that's that's super important because it's hard to eat well on the run. And the other thing I try to do is you often have to eat out and there are certain sort of cuisines that really work. So pub food and diner food, believe it or not, if you're just eating sort of meat and vegetables or a salad, it's a good way to go. Um, Things like avoiding Thai food, but maybe opting for Indian food, which contains a lot less sugar um, and generally works with nourishing ingredients like coconut is a really good way to go. And I guess um, finally, meditation. I meditate on the way to the airport in in a cab and I'll meditate on the plane. And my favourite thing to do, Brooke, is to meditate on takeoff and landing, actually. And uh, it's in those 15, 20 minutes, it's a little bit quiet, you know, as we sort of wait for the plane to, to get into the air. And there's this lovely kind of suspended feeling. And you can sort of get 15 minutes in before the trolley service, service starts. Yes, yeah. yeah, which can be smells and sounds and, you know, decisions and all of these other things. That's right. Yeah, absolutely. And you mentioned meditation, which is a perfect segue into a meditation that you'd like to guide people through. Yeah, it's a good one for, for travelling. So take a moment to get comfortable. If you're seated, have your feet planted out in front with your legs uncrossed. Place your hands gently in your lap. I like to keep my head free, so I sit upright. But if you prefer, rest it against the headrest. Now close your eyes and start to breathe in and out. Rest your hips and pelvis heavily into the seat. Feel them release and place your tongue comfortably on the roof of your mouth and keep breathing in and out. As you breathe, notice the area above your top lip and just below your nostrils. As you breathe in, feel the cool air just below your nostrils. As you breathe out, feel the warm air, soft and gentle. Breathe in and breathe out cool and warm. It feels gentle and subtle. If your mind wanders, that's okay. Gently and subtly bring your attention back to your breath. Cool, then warm. In Sanskrit, 
there's a word sukshma, and it means subtle, innocent, faint, and effortless. Breathe with sukshma. You might hear noises around you, people walking by. That's okay. Simply gently breathe. Now as you breathe in, imagine drawing breath up from your feet, up your legs to your hips. As you breathe out, gently release the air back down your legs and out through your feet. In and out. Up to the hips, release and out. As you breathe in fresh energy through your feet, Breathe out the stale energy back down through your feet into the ground. Don't force this, just release. Simply bring your breath and energy up to the hips and gently release back down again, in and out. Now, as you breathe in, draw the breath up through the feet all the way to the heart space gently. Then breathe back out through your feet. Fresh air and energy into the heart, release and back down. Do this a few more times. In, release softly and down. Now breathe in all the way up to the inside of your skull. Nice and soft. Release and out down through your feet. You're drawing fresh, peaceful energy into your body, then releasing any old tired energy back down. In and out. Continue. If your mind wanders or you're disturbed by anything going on around you, gently come back to your breath. Follow it in and follow it out. In and out. When you're ready, gently wriggle your toes and fingers. Very, very slowly open your eyes. Take a moment to feel how you feel, to notice softness in your body, in your hips, softness in your gaze, clarity and stillness in your mind.
Welcome back. If that guided meditation got you nice and still and calm, you might want to save it for your next plane trip or Uber ride or bus trip. This is a bonus episode of Wild, and it's a sort of a way to support you as we're all moving around again and navigating this new normal that we've been thrust into. If you struggle to meditate or you think you're getting it all wrong, you're not alone. I'm pretty much the same, and I actually talk why being bad at meditation is actually a good thing and can lead to more enhanced results. And I have this discussion with my own meditation teacher, Tim Brown. You can find that in season one. If you want to explore more of my philosophical and how I cope with life thoughts and hacks, subscribe to my weekly newsletter. The links are available in the show notes. Thanks for listening. And until next time, stay wild. This bonus series of Wild is hosted by me, Sarah Wilson. Thank you, Brooke McCullery, for joining me in this episode. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more, with Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.